Yes, thank you. Uh, it was very interesting listening to you for the first podcast, Lisa. You have tremendously of experiences from both abroad and uh, not least from your PhD project. So we look forward to uh, hearing more about your story and, and your experiences. Uh, from the first podcast, you didn't really get into detail in, in how did, did you plan the project, the implementation project, and, and what was the innovation? How did you plan the innovation and, and what did you actually end up doing? Yes, uh, parts of it uh, were planned, the frames for the intervention was uh, planned, but there was uh, quite a few loose components when we started out. Um, we planned for uh, two main components, whereas the first one was going to be uh, educational element. Uh, as I mentioned uh, in the first podcast, uh, I'm affiliated with the, um, the Faculty of Evidence-Based Practice, and we have previous experience with the uh, post-educational um, courses in evidence-based practice. So the thought was uh, that the educational um, component uh, would contain uh, some of the same uh, uh, modules, uh, but uh, we wanted it uh, adjusted to the needs of uh, the practice, uh, practice development nurses. Uh, so in the, the interviews, we, we asked them, uh, what do you need? Uh, what experience do you have with evidence-based practice? Uh, what courses do you have previously? Uh, so that we designed the educational component uh, according to uh, their needs um, and called the course, the competence stairs. And it was also uh, a work requirement that they were going to design an uh, implementation plan uh, in adjusted to their local uh, nursing home. And as uh, a model, we used uh, the knowledge to action framework by Graham uh, and uh, the knowledge to action cycle. Uh, so they were going to follow those components. Um, in the first study, uh, we confirmed that the practice development nurses had a uh, a significant role in the implementation work at their nursing home. So it was mandatory. We uh, had an agreement with the municipality that it would be mandatory for the uh, practical development nurses to participate in this competence years. But uh, the nursing homes could also send uh, several participants, nurses, head of departments, head of uh, institution. Uh, so they could actually send up to eight participants from each nursing homes. Um, I did not mention uh, that it was uh, two groups, one intervention group and one control group with a 10 in each, uh, but it ended up being nine nursing homes included in the intervention groups. So it was nine nursing homes that uh, actually participated in the intervention. Um, the PDNs were expected to act as facilitators of uh, the second parts. Uh, what was going to be implemented was not decided uh, in the initial phase, but we invited in a workshop um, all the practice development nurses and physicians and the management of uh, the nursing homes to discuss um, uh, challenging areas in nursing homes. 
so as a joint decision, uh, National Early Warning Score, also called NEWS, was selected for implementation in the second phase. So uh, I hope you're following me now. <laughs> so in the first phase, the educational phase, the practical development nurses were expected to design an implementation plan and act as facilitators for NEWS2 for the second component of uh, the intervention. Mm. Yes, that sounds like a really good plan. But uh, how did it actually go? Did they, how could they, uh, since this was sort of a mandatory project or a mandatory way of doing the innovation, how could they participate actively to, uh, to influence this innovation? Uh, we, uh, from my first study, uh, it helped us uh, gaining a better understanding uh, of the needs of the practice development nurses. And uh, it was taken into consideration when we developed uh, the intervention. Uh, we, um, as I said, the, the role was confirmed and uh, the educational uh, intervention was designed according to their needs. Um, and in addition, we, uh, the nurses, they highlighted the learning networks between them. They have some internal uh, meetings within the municipality. And as a consequence, we also established uh, a learning network uh, for uh, impacts throughout the intervention period. Mm. So that was some of the the adjustment we uh, we made according to their needs. Okay, but was there any uh, common needs that was uh, that was highlighted during this process? So so you can so you can go about uh, uh, sort of uh, changing the innovation, uh, or, or was it yes. very differently uh, perceived? We, we saw that uh, it was a variety of the, the competence and the experience with evidence-based practice. So we actually, we saw the need to start uh, from, uh, from scratch really uh, concerning uh, education about evidence-based practice. And uh, this has been uh, highly valued uh, either as new knowledge or a refreshment of knowledge. So that was, uh, and it, in particular, searching for for uh, knowledge, searching for research, uh, was highlighted as they got. Uh, uh, we got a librarian to have a course with uh, finding uh, relevant research. That was mm. highlighted. So yeah. we we uh, designed the educational program uh, after their needs. Yeah. Uh, Bio-research, is there anything sort of experience you have uh, through your research and PhD work that could influence how we think about implementation? Do you have any new knowledge that should be considered when they rewrite, for instance, the, the, the action, uh, uh, knowledge to action framework? Uh, I'm not sure if I quite got your question. Can you? Uh, how the way you went about in the different phases um, designing this innovation, uh, the knowledge to action framework has been criticized for being a bit top down framework. And you have been working closely with, uh, uh, with stakeholders during the process. Is there any knowledge you have from your experience that should? Uh, be highlighted into 
frameworks on how to plan an implementation project, either well, knowledge to action framework or other frameworks. Yes, the, the knowledge to action framework was highly valued by most of the practical development nurses. Okay. Uh, they were not used, uh, as, as I was not used to working systematically with the implementation, they were not used either. Uh, several, uh, well, all of them had experience in uh, with implementation, but they were not experienced with uh, putting things on paper, really, uh, and mapping of stakeholders, uh, actually identifying uh, barriers, facilitators. They were not used to it, and they appreciated the, the stepwise uh, framework that the, the knowledge structure framework provides. So they um, they valued the tool and the template they received to work according to this. Okay, so you, you, your research shows that confirms the framework rather mm. than, yes. uh, than challenging the, the framework. Yes, it way. does. Okay, yeah. that's good, that's good. Um, you, you mentioned uh, all, all of the, the implementation frameworks that they consider uh, promoters and barriers for implementation and in relation to contextual circumstances. By your research and your experience, what is the most important contextual factors to consider when planning and uh, implementation uh, projects? Well, all of them, um, they actually uh, consider themselves, many of them call themselves potatoes because <laughs> they are used uh, for everything in their nursing homes. And they are almost forced to downgrading their own role and their responsibilities. Uh, if someone is sick, if uh, something misses out, they are called, they are often um, called to be uh, replacements for even the, the head of institutions. It's, they have a very wide uh, uh, position and a wide contract that they are supposed to be replacements for, for, for all on, on the nursing home. So that, that's a problem for them, that they have very wide expectations um, and cannot really focus on improve, uh, improvement work. And, uh, and they were also uh, uh, nervous for this intervention of news too, that will I have the time, will I have the opportunity to, to work with it? Mm. So that's uh, and. Uh, I think it's uh, it's common for all uh, for all the health services that that there's a high sick leave. Uh, there are uh, uh, the requirements for efficiency, uh, the financial uh, pressure. So it's uh, it's it was a very common barriers mentioned by the by the participants. Yes. Yeah, that's very well-known uh, yes. barriers you have, yes. have listed there, uh, and on all kinds of levels, on the the the, the especially the meso and, and macro level. But was there anything uh, particular, for instance, in relation to the staff culture, more like mm. the the micro level that yes. you discovered also? Yes, um, and on some uh, level, my. Uh, my pre-understanding of the, the rigid culture was uh, confirmed and uh, many uh, practice development nurses that were quite uh, uh, frustrated by uh, the resistance they uh, met. Uh, and But I, I kind of got uh, 
I realized something that when I was uh, interviewing them, it's because it's, you know, it's often the, like the veteran staff, the ones who have only a few years left before they retire. Uh, they are often the ones uh, being most resistant. And it's, it's so easy to think that it's because of they don't want new technology or they are tired of their work. But then there was a, an old, uh, older uh, practice development nurse that, that told me that imagine everything all the projects they have tried out through all these years and now we're kind of going in a circle and uh, so it, it, I think it's it's more than one side and that I didn't hadn't occurred to me before um, that the resistance actually uh, had some roots in uh, in previous experience and not just a resistance to something new so uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things to consider yes. yeah of course, yeah. Also from, from my experience, uh, it sounds very familiar. Uh, when we when we work with with the micro uh, level, we work with staff cultures um, and 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 the active ingredients when when you do uh, improvement work or implementation work is of course being a facilitator. I know that you had another position. You told us in the first podcast that you're a researcher and. Uh, and you have to be careful, you know, not mixing up roles and so on. But from your research, um, what do you think is the is important to consider being a facilitator to uh, uh, to to make uh, implementation work successful? Uh, so the. The practice development nurses, they were uh, trained uh, to be facilitators or emphasize their role as facilitators. And uh, what they uh, reported or uh, expressed uh, as they experienced was through gaining new knowledge, through gaining new insights of uh, imp the implementation processes, they also uh, became more aware of uh, their role and their need to be more active in the implementation process. Uh, and uh, they, they told me that they had often uh, been uh, present in the departments, but now they had to more, they had a more structured plan for their interactions with the, with the staff, being more uh, continuously uh, reminding them uh, asking them if they had any questions concerning the interventions and uh, being uh, more active uh, as facilitators than before. Many, many of them told me about prior experiences, just uh, disseminating written material, hanging up uh, posters in the wards and, uh, and that's it. But now they, uh, they, they realized that it's a need for a more systematical approach. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that sounds also familiar. But but uh, to be active, that's an active role, sort of. Is there especially sort of human skills to be considered when you are a, a, a facilitator? Yes, I would say so. Um, and they applied uh, what they had learned uh, they, as a part of the, the news to uh, intervention. They had also been uh, participating in this uh, uh, facilitator course for news to. 
and uh, they were. Uh, I I have to say I was quite uh, impressed because I uh, on the second uh, second part of uh, my my studies I interviewed them in the initial implementation phase, the second uh, implementation when they were implementing Muse two, and I was also observing the uh, the training they had with the nursing home staff, and. I have to say, I was quite impressed by some of them, how confident they were as facilitators. They were more confident in their role. They had new knowledge, they had uh, lecture material, and they were, um, uh, I, think, I think the knowledge they had gained and the tools they had, it made them more confident in their approach when talking to the nursing home staff. So what you're saying is to be more certain about your knowledge, your skills, mm. or what you're supposed to do is a very important ingredient uh, when, when being a successful facilitator. Then. <laughs> yes, and they actually related their positive feedback to the educational program to a sense of professionalism. They felt yeah. more professional in their approach and also said it was uh, uh, they felt uh, more confident where they could argue with the evidence based arguments instead of just like thinking or believing and now they they know so it's uh, mm. so to speak mm. yeah yeah in, very interesting uh, uh, Trina Lisa um, uh, when you planned this project with uh, which I can hear was very well planned throughout. Um, usually when you start out with a project, some things goes as planned and, and something does not go as planned. In your project, what did not go as planned? <laughs> well, uh, I, I will not start on the COVID-19 because that uh, has uh, disrupted most uh, plans. But fortunately, we were almost... Uh, done with the second part of the intervention, so it didn't interfere too much. Um, but what we had realized is that uh, the practical, uh, the practice development nurses, they were really pleased. They were really uh, satisfied with the intervention. But when they were going to implement and use too, uh, they realized it was a, a difference between support from their leaders and involvement from the leaders. And even if we had uh, a quite a, a close uh, cooperation with the management group. We saw that the, the demands for efficiency, uh, the task-oriented culture, it's, it was a clash, really. Uh, so there is uh, organizational barriers. Uh, we cannot uh, uh, emphasize enough how important they are. The, the practical uh, development nurses, they had uh, mapped the organizational barriers. Still, it's, it's beyond the uh, individual's control. And, um, and uh, we saw that it was a major barrier for uh, the implementation. Uh, so linkage with a top level management, it, it needs to be even more emphasized mm. in these types of, uh, of projects. Mm. Mm. But did you have to alter or do something differently uh, during the project due to this uh, contextual circumstances? Yeah, in the, the second study, in the initial implementation phase, we, we needed to clarify some uh, things. It was I wouldn't, it was sort of a feasibility study, a practicability uh, study of the in implementation at start. And uh, we saw the need for a, a closer collaboration with the municipality. We saw also a need for some clarification about the forms they were using, the equipment they were using, and even the, 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 
the scoring tables that we're, uh, we're implementing through the news, uh, the news tool. So uh, mostly um, we, we did have to handle some uncertainties about uh, the implementation. Yeah, hmm. great. So Trina Lisa, uh, we have start we're starting running out some time. So so if you should sum up uh, your experience, uh, uh, what 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 is the most important lessons learned from your project? Uh, I think as a, uh, by gaining uh, the perspective, I think it's it's really important uh, doing. Uh, a thorough stakeholder uh, mapping. Uh, what do they need to succeed? Uh, gaining the end user's perspective uh, to tailor the, the intervention. But what we see that it's it's not no use just uh, increasing the competence of a single uh, performer. We need to uh, have close collaboration, even closer than what we, we thought we had a very good plan. But we see now that we need an even closer because one of the the main uh, foundings for my first study was the, the culture is not there. Uh, it's not a, a tradition for evidence based practice and it's not a, it's not, uh, they're not used to it. And, and the culture need to, needs to change. And that's for, to manage that, we need to, uh, to cooperate even closer with the management. Hmm. Thanks a lot, uh, Trina Lisa. Uh, it was really in, uh, insightful experiences you have. Um, uh, Tonelin, do you want to say something at the end? No, I think um, emphasizing uh, the leadership. Uh, uh, so when you say management in, in these um, organizations, could you just explain who you are talking uh, of and, and their role? Just to, just since uh, our different health systems are so varied. Yes, as you were talking a little bit about earlier, uh, it, the head of uh, the municipal agency uh, is the head uh, of the nursing homes in the mm -hmm. municipality and also they, they have um, internal leader in the same agency which has uh, a responsibility for the quality improvements uh, but but what we find is that the PDNs cannot sit on islands they need and they also say that themselves they cannot uh, be expected to find uh, literature to appraise it and to it's, it's too much they need to be provided with ready to implement evidence-based procedures so and that would be at the municipal level I think uh, mm, so and, that will be uh, so for instance in in the municipal of Ber municipality of Bergen that you have been um, working in uh, there are something like 40 nursing homes and what you are thinking of is uh, the agency above that should mm. should be responsible to provide the um, material but given that in your case you had the material uh, and still there yes, was yes, a variation yes. between eight. So who would be, and I suppose if I understood you correctly, um, you said that there was a difference between uh, being supported and being engaged by the leadership. 
so who, who would that leader be and, and what was the difference? Because I, I think this is a pivotal or a very essential finding you have and, and, and it aligns well with other things we, we have uh, seen. Mm. We, we see that, of course, uh, the nursing home directors has a major role here, mm. but they have very multifaceted uh, roles. They, mm-hmm. they are drawn in uh, very many directions and they also experience the, the demands for efficiency and their economical restraints. Uh, so, so it's need to be a cooperation on all levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it is clear that the practice uh, development nurses, they need more opportunities to, to actually uh, do mm-hmm. what they are supposed to do and what they want to do, not uh, being uh, a potato as they call themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Both of you. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Trine Lisa. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>